finish this last salami and cheese crackers before we start. Okay. Arthur, I was listening to I was listening to an interview with Ira Glass, like a, a retrospective on his time at This American Life. You know what he said the hallmark of good radio is? What did he say? He said eating right into the microphone. <laughs> that was the most important thing. Yeah, I listened to an episode the other day, and the whole time he was just, uh, he made a point to say that it was Chex Mix. He's like, sorry, this is Chex Mix. Yeah, the crunching of the uh, the bagel chips is really just the fucking snare drum <laughs> and percussion section to the music that is his voice. That's funny. I actually, uh, a few years ago, um, uh, we got a buddy we play video games with online. His name, he goes by Doc. And uh, he's got, like, real bad, I think it's called misophonia, where, like, you hate the sound oh, of people yeah. eating, right? So he's got that mm-hmm. real fucking bad. And, uh, you know, another friend of ours who, I don't know if you know this dude, uh, Mono's, but he goes, goes by Reggie online. And uh, we had an idea. We were going to make him a Christmas album where we chewed the rhythms of various Christmas songs. <laughs> like... And, like, the track listing would be, it would be, like, say, uh, Old King Wenzelsloss, but then it would have in parenthesis what we were chewing on. Oh, that's And then, like, beautiful. us as the artist, we were going to make a, we were going to make a Christmas album for him one year for Christmas. That's absolutely beautiful. You know what we should do with that, Arthur? Huh? We should make that uh, a fun spinoff of the show that we're currently on. It's Radio Free Toadbag. Welcome to it! It was a ruse. It was uh, that felt very casual and completely not uh, contrived. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I was really eating those salami cheese on uh, Ritz crackers. It's pretty. It's pretty good. You can't simulate that. No, it's like a it's like a fancy lunchable. Oh yeah, I fuck with those. They got those at the Sadness Factory. I picked those oh. up for snacky times when I'm at the when I'm down there. That's, that's an upside, a little, a little glimmer of not sadness. Yeah, it's only 12 grams of carbs, baby. That's doable. Where'd it go? And quite filling. I've always found Lunchables very filling for some reason. It's just cheese and crackers, but, like, fill you right up. Cheese and crackers and, and the, the kind of sketchy turkey or ham. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Highly processed, but delectable. Yeah, that's accurate. Much like a bleached well, uh, anus, highly processed but delectable. Oh, oh boy! There, there we go. <laughs> well, how are you? How are you? Uh, besides thinking of bleached anuses, how are you, how you doing? This I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I uh, had uh, X-wing league update for anybody interested in that. I fucking beat the shit out of my opponent this week, and that has not been the norm of late. I have routinely gotten my ass kicked lately, but I finally got a win. Feeling okay Hell about yeah, that, dude. Arthur just picked the Y wing figurine off the uh, off the table and just started beating this fucking dude. That physically would... <laughs> smashing his head. Yeah, well, well, I flew. Excuse me, I flew a Lanther class pursuit craft and a Jumpmaster five thousand and a Kyrak fighter. That's what I flew this week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite. I was gonna make a reference to what you said, and I. I don't know, man. None of those words registered. <laughs> just it just went right through you. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you know? What do you know about Asajj Ventress? Isn't that the uh, Isn't that the dude in uh, Syria right now? Leader of Syria, <laughs> Asajj. Asajj. Yep, he's got force yeah. powers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> this is a dead end. All right, hey, what? Fuck. Um, shit. We do like a show about relationships. Let's do that. Let's escape. Let's escape this. All right, let's let's escape this, and uh, I'm gonna give you folks a little preview uh, before we uh, get into the questions here. Arthur and I have received our first piece of criticism yeah. in the suggestion box. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the. Uh, it's a good section of an episode we did recently on DDLG. So it's not it's not quite time for that suggestion box or uh, question box piece there. Uh, but you know, just just a little just a little teaser for you. Yeah, that's what they There's call a be, teaser in the biz. 
That is. That is. All right, but yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about uh, our first question here, which is GF New Rich Guy Friend. That's quite the sentence. Yes, it is. Uh, Okay, my 23 GF 24 have been dating for a year and a half. Lately, she had a new guy friend. Let's call him Jackson. Sure. Jackson is 24. Jackson has been super nice and generous to her. He claims that he only be nice to her because she's a great person, and he truly only want to be friend with her. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I, I have no issue if he just normally nice to her, but in this case, they hang out late all the time. He took her to an upscale spa, upscale movie theater, a restaurant, a restaurant on the sky. What? <laughs> okay, I'm not. In, I'm not intending to to make fun of this person. This seems like an English as a second language situation. Possibly. I'm just struggling to read it a little bit. Possibly. I, I'll, I'll try to fill in the blanks here. Sure. I don't know. A nice, a nice fucking restaurant. Yeah, one of the probably Broadway. one of the ones that like like rotates. Like got the fucking uh, skyline. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. All right, a, a nice restaurant, Broadway. He had been, he been giving her all this. Oh my god! All the all this these fucking all these fancy dude. watches, I suppose. Okay. Oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a collab to get through this question. We're gonna make it. He, he's been giving her all these fancy watches, cute jewelry, expensive clothes, etc. Uh, they basically go out late all the time, and every time she goes out with him, she always puts on her best makeup, tan cream, shave, etc. Fuck. Given the fact that Jackson is well off, so oh Jesus, so for the sen- wow. the sentences do not connect. So when I'm <laughs> switching lines, I'm like, is where where the fuck am I? <laughs> Given that Jackson is well is well off. I'm pointing to the fucking screen with my finger right now. <laughs> Given the fact that Jackson is well off, so for him, any date, okay, gift oh, he gives okay. her doesn't mean much to him. Okay. okay. But I feel threatened, and I told my GF about it, but she won't listen, and she still hangs out with him. Oh, boy. Her excuse is that because they were going to fancy pl- uh, going to a fancy place, that's why she has to put her A game on. My GF is a very poor girl who is at the bottom of social class. So all of this high school now, all of this high <laughs> yeah, social class activities, that, that was my bad. The Jackson took her too. She loves it and she can't wait to hang out with him more and more. She even took off time. She even took time off work to hang out with him. She also posts more pics of him on social media than me. They legitimately have had a heart-to-heart conversation several times. She said he makes her feel safe, feel like nothing can take her down as long as Jackson is on her side. They get so close that I don't know how to break them off or how I should process this whole situation. Like, what the heck is going on? TLDR, GF has this new rich guy friend who has done more stuff for her than I ever did in two years of dating. And that was posted by BBBU. Oh, wow. my God. So that was a bit of a struggle, and I commend you for your efforts. Uh, this I'm applauding myself. I'll join in on yeah. that. I'll second that. Yeah. Okay, so here's... Sorry to bring the listener to, to drag you through that as our intro question. <laughs> I, I promise I did my best. All right, here's the situation. She is fucking this dude. Um... It's over between y'all, like, you need to fucking bounce, uh, because it's like a more socially powerful individual has come into the situation, and is, it's just, it's done. It's, you have, you have been defeated by, uh, superior economic capabilities, and maybe also, like, taste, and, uh, refinement. Communication abilities. And communication abilities. Like, okay, so you say he's done more for her in the two years... Uh, that you've been dating, you know, he's done more for her in, you know, this short amount of time than you have in two years. Um, 
it's not all about money, you know what I mean? So maybe maybe there's a certain component that, you know, this dude is just, you know, more uh giving emotionally. Like there's any number of reasons why uh it could be like this. But I, I think you are fucked and I think it's over. I think it's I think it's done. <laughs> okay, well it, it but in case it isn't and, and sure. I, I do agree with you, this is this is sketchy as all hell. Um, but, you know, also communication issues, you know, here and in, in the question. Uh, if this is somehow legitimately, it's an innocent situation. You know, they're just friends. And this dude's just wealthy. And so, like, none of this stuff is that meaningful to him. You know, it, he's not putting as much weight on it. Um, it, it. This is still pretty clearly out of line. And if it's making you feel uncomfortable, you got to you got to tell your girlfriend that. Yeah. You know. You, you know, maybe communicate like, hey, like this makes me insecure too. Right. You know, because I fucking love you. We've been dating for two years, but I can't do the things that this guy is doing. And you seem to be spending more time with him. Like you're posting more pictures of him. Like it just makes me insecure. You know, what, can we tone down? Can you tone down that relationship? Like what, what, what can be done here? Uh, again, this is real sketchy. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Arthur. I don't, I don't think... I get the impression she's probably more into this guy yeah. uh, and is probably, you know, eventually going to break up with you on account of that. But yeah. again, you know, maybe it is just some fucking innocent thing here. And if that's the case, regardless of the case, all you can do is express your feelings here, but just be prepared for it not to pan out. Cause you know, fucking Jackson, dude, what a, yeah. what a fucking sick dude. Yeah. What a fucking bro. You can't beat that. I was going to be Jackson. I think she's kind of waiting on some kind of commitment from him. You know what I mean? Because I get the sense that, you know, I'm going to be a little prejudiced against rich people for a second. I get the sense that they can be a bit fickle with their relationships uh, because, you know, something goes wrong in the relationship. They could just buy a new one. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels it feels like they could just walk away from anything and be fine. Um so sorry, any rich listeners. Sorry to stereotype you. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, uh, moneyed Americans. I don't want to be. I don't want to be <laughs> prejudiced against them. Um, I had I had a, a reasonably similar situation. It just reminded me of something that happened. Um, I was seeing this girl. I had known her for a number of years uh, before we started seeing each other, and it was a totally like it was like a random chance thing that we ended up doing anything. Uh, but we were, we were out at the bar one night. Um, I was DJing and I noticed this guy talking to her. I'm like, that's totally fine. You know, she's uh, a super hot lady and she's at the bar. Dudes are going to talk to her. That's totally how that's going to go. So I tried to play it super cool and be super cool about it. I got off my DJ set and I come down and she's like, Hey, this is, um, I can't remember. I, I believe he was some Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. So she's like, this is Jackson. And uh, he invited us out to hookah. I'm like, oh, okay, hookah's nice. Um, So I decide to, like, you know, have a conversation with him and see what's going on. The second I start talking to him, he drops how much money he makes. Like, he basically, he just tries to, like, big dick me. Oh, my God. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, I make $186,000 a year. And I go, cool. Uh, I work part time as a bar back and I DJ to make money to try to pay my rent. <laughs> you know, like you I'm, fucking tool. Yeah. Like $50 DJ gigs are like a super big deal to me right now. Um, so, yeah. And he gets to talking and I get to hate in his guts and I tell him, hey, um, we're not come. We're not going to uh, we're not going to hookah, by the way just let you know we're not coming with you to that and she was super disappointed but i was like listen uh my territory (laughs) that i have marked out uh for whatever you know period of time this is acceptable to you i feel like i feel like you kind of deserve if you're in a relationship with somebody any kind of relationship you kind of deserve a little bit of consideration when somebody is pretty fucking clearly horning in on your shit right definitely so yeah. So I was like, listen, 
uh, I can't, you know, we're not, we're not doing that. I'm not going to give this guy ground. Like, if you want to, like, blow me off and go fucking hang out with him, go stay at his apartment for a week, you know? Don't fucking try to stay at my apartment and, you know, go have hookah with this guy, and then I go to work, and then you go meet up with him. You know, just, like, immediately a million paranoid scenarios show up. But basically, like, a... Uh, somebody with superior economic power came into uh, a situation that I was a part of and tried to usurp it. Uh, and I think that's exactly where you are. But this is this is late stage usurpation. You are fucked. Yeah. And, and what you're describing, too, it's if, if your partner there's there's a balance here. You know, you can't ban your partner from having friendships. Right. You know, with with members of the, the gender they're attracted to. But also, there, there's clearly a line. Yeah. And especially if it's this new person who's just coming in hot, hitting on him immediately, that's not like a friendship situation, you know? That right. person's intentions are very clear, and it's definitely disrespectful to, you know, blow off your partner, especially if you say something about it. Yeah. Uh, and then be spending time with this person who's, you know, there, there's bad intentions there. It, it, it's just, it's disrespectful. It's not good. Right. And uh, in your case, Arthur, that dude sounded like a fucking jackass. Yeah, he was a total chode. And, like, the fact that I was invited to hookah, it was really clear to me that he gets to talking to uh, this girl I'm seeing and says, like, hey, why don't uh, why don't we get out of here? Let's go get some hookah. And she says, cool. Uh, Arthur, I'm staying at his place and we're fucking, so maybe he should come with us? You know what I mean? Like, that's how I read it. You know what I mean? Like, he invited her to, like, you know, go to site two. But she was like, well, listen, this is this is a situation that I got going on over here. So I have to pay lip service to that. Oh, she was so mad. <laughs> Can I just tell you? She was very upset with me for shutting down hookah time. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it was a total fucking nightmare. And I think uh, if she and I talked about it now, we will both acknowledge that the whole thing was a giant mistake and we shouldn't have done any of it. But, um... Yeah, that all sucked. <laughs> well, I mean, there there we fucking go. That's your situation, hero, P. But yeah, more advanced. You gotta have the fucking real ass conversation. This makes you uncomfortable, and she needs to distance herself from this guy. And if that doesn't happen, yeah, it might be air horn time. True. There was a yeah. preliminary one that was just a little a little test air horn, making there sure that, making sure they're warmed up. I mean, like a gold plated bejeweled air horn. <laughs> Yeah, totally. For, for this Jackson fella. Yeah. Uh, ah, it, what it a great contains, guy. Contains compressed uh, mountain air from the Alps. <laughs> That's a good product idea. Let's let's make sure you remember that one. Luxury tote bag branded air horns. Here we fucking go. All right, what do we uh, what do we got next on the on the menu here? How do I tell my BF I want to sleep alone? My BF, 20M, and I, 20F, have been sleeping together for the past two weeks or so. We've been dating for about three months. We're either at my place or his. But I just feel like sleeping alone for a night. I say I like that, though. Oh, hold on. If I say it like that, I'll take it third time. Third time's a charm. If I say it like that, though, he might feel like I don't want to sleep with him, which is not true. How do I tell him nicely slash without making him feel bad? TLDR, my BF, 20M, and I, 20F, have been sleeping together for the past two weeks or so. How do I tell him nicely slash without making him feel bad that I want to sleep alone tonight? And that was posted by UniqueAC underscore C. Okay, just, just real quick, as I've said before, if your question is three sentences and the TLDR <laughs> is two sentences... You don't need the TLDR. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Somebody fucking staple that, that you know, rule to the corner of the uh, our relationship subreddit. Thank you. If thank I you am not much. mistaken, that it is a rule. Uh, required elements for all submissions. And we're going to get into the our relationship rules here for a second. Required elements for all, uh, all submissions. Ages, genders, and relationship length include a TLDR, a brief summary at the end of your post. Uh, sufficient spelling, grammar, and formatting to be readable, which, you know, our last question didn't exactly. <laughs> yeah, not not so much. 
All right, rules are meant to be broken, though. Sure. Don't sure, sure. don't TLDR in this business. Okay, so you guys have been dating for three fucking months. You're in that honeymoon period where you're spending all this time together, and it's fucking wonderful, and you never really want to leave each other's side. You're finally starting you know, to stay over. That's yeah, huge. You're alternating, sleeping in each other's places. That's good times. Um, but there's practical human considerations there. You know, if you're the kind of person, a kind of person like me, maybe you don't sleep as well when you're sleeping next to somebody. Or just kind of in general, just sometimes you just want to be alone for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's that's perfectly fucking normal. Ain't nothing wrong with that. not a big deal. But yeah, obviously, you want to be a little careful with how you phrase that that desire to your partner. Uh, because, if you, yeah, if you just go full in like, I, I want to sleep alone tonight, <laughs> that's ominous as fuck. You, <laughs> you're going to get fucking wigged out. You, you don't want that. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd just fucking tell him what I just said. Maybe caveat it with like, hey, like, you know, nothing to do with you. You know, I've, I've loved staying over at your place, spending all this time with you. I just got to, I just got to chill at home for a night. I got some stuff I need to do. You know, I sleep better when I'm alone sometimes. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. You get the idea, but just preliminarily address the, those concerns. Make sure they don't think, you know, they, they did something wrong or you're, you're, you know, trying to, trying to distance yourself. And, uh, yeah, man, nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. I, I am a proponent of the white lie in situations like this. So if it comes to it, like, you know, oh, man, it's getting late and you just want to fucking go home. And, you know, like there's also I have I have a certain amount of like winding down that I have to do that you can't exactly do with somebody else with you. Like you just want to like veg Same. out. on You want to veg out on YouTube for fucking 20 minutes or you want to lay in bed and fuck around on your phone for a few and then pass out. Um, and that's hard to do when you got somebody next to you doing a different thing. So, uh, you just tell them like, listen, I got a, I got an early meeting or I got a doctor's appointment, uh, tomorrow. Would you mind terribly if I just bounced over to my place and slept there? there Pretty easy. Go. Or, uh, can you, can, can you take that over to your place? I got a, you know, I got an early one. And I, I think that that's the kind of thing that's, it's just kind of grease in the wheels. You're not really, you're not really telling an untruth to like hide anything you're just trying to lubricate the situation to make things easier and more comfortable i i feel that especially if you've been spending so much time together and you're you know a little socially exhausted i could feel not wanting to give the whole explanation absolutely i'm still i'm I'm still a proponent of the directness here but either way just give there's a million reasons just give something like that early morning or something along those lines yeah and uh if you're particularly worried about this, or you like really want to make sure, you know, they, they don't think you're you're trying to avoid them or anything, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, hey, you know, I got to do this. I want to stay home by myself tonight. Blah blah blah. But uh, let's do something, you know, the next day or the next day or whatever. Sure. You know. Yeah, give them something to like. Uh, it's it's kind of like that shit sandwich thing. You ever heard about that? Where you give them like uh, you give somebody a compliment and then a criticism and then another compliment. So you kind of. Ah. Um, so you're like, man, I had like a really great time today, but I really would rather, uh, you know, I kind of just want to stretch out, you know what I mean? I want to get like a real luxurious sleep tonight, but listen, uh, Thursday shit's on. So you give them like, I liked this. Here's a thing that I want to do that maybe it doesn't fit into what you want to do. Also, we're going to see each other again. Don't worry about it. Bingo. There you go. Chuck the shit sandwich at him. Yeah, th- th- this will be fine. If this isn't fine, though, by the way, if he gets all wigged out by this, this fucking early on, yeah. you know, and you, you, you've yeah. explained yourself a little bit here, that's a red fucking flag. So. He's not good at it, then. Yeah, yeah. So, just a heads up, you're going to be fine, though. This is, this is, it, it's all good. Absolutely. Arthur, you know, you know what's not all good? It's not all good. Oh, no. I... 25F acted totally inappropriate at my friend's 23F funeral. I think I owe an apology to her mother. I am so embarrassed. I was doing well at the funeral right until we had to leave flowers next to her coffin. Then we had to offer our condolences to my friend's parents and sister. When I saw how my friend looked, I started shaking and crying uncontrollably. She was a car accident victim and she didn't look like herself. I was so shocked and everything went blurry. 
Her mother hugged me. I was crying so hard, and she tried to lift up my face and asked me if I was okay. But I yelled, I don't know, pushed myself away from her, and ran out. I didn't know what was happening. I almost passed out, but a friend of mine grabbed me and took me away from everyone, gave me water, and stayed with me. I think my reaction was utterly disrespectful, and I'm embarrassed, but I wasn't feeling okay. I didn't think it through. I just wanted to run away and cry. I was totally shocked when I saw my beautiful, amazing friend's lifeless body. Should I message her mother and apologize for my inadequate reaction? TLDR, I may have acted disrespectful at my friend's funeral. I think I owe an apology to her mother. And that was posted by May May 94. Wow. Um, grief is a very personal thing. Each individual person is going to react to grief in a different way. And you were overwhelmed uh, by the by the emotion of the moment. And when her mother tried to offer you some level of comfort and, you know, tried to kind of approach your, your pain, you know, asking if someone's okay is sort of like walking up to their, to their pain or discomfort and being like, what's this, you know? Um, and she did that and you reacted, I would say you reacted, um, in the only way that you could, in the moment you, you know, when you're, when you're facing grief that way, you're not fully in control of your faculties. Um, so I mean, I, I guess you owe an apology in the sense that like you may have made things uncomfortable, but like who's comfortable at their fucking kid's funeral, you know? So I don't know if you, if you feel like it's appropriate to say something to, uh, your friend's mom, then do that and, you know, kind of get it off your chest. If it's something that's bothering you, then it's something that you have to address. Um, I, th- I think that's a good answer. Yeah. I, I, I have a somewhat similar situation here. I'm going to give a personal story. I'm going to tell you to talk to her, uh, but I'll kind of explain why. I uh, I lost a friend of mine uh, when I was in college, actually, like a suicide very much out of nowhere thing. And... uh I I hadn't lost anybody in my life besides my grandparents when I was pretty young, you know. So like you'd been to funerals as a kid, but I don't know. That can be very different. And I don't know, grandparents are kind of you, you know they're gonna die. Like that's that's not an unexpected thing. Yeah. And and so I went to this, and uh, uh, this dude had had taught me how to brew beer like right before he died, and uh, helped my dad and I brew this one. Um. So I was like, I'm going to bring one of the bottles of this. I'm going to tell his parents about it and give it to him. And, you know, I was doing all right up until that point. But I just remember bringing it to him and, like, making eye contact with his mom. And I don't know if I even got a word out. I just kind of, like, handed it to her and just started fucking losing it, man. Mm. Ah, fuck. I haven't talked about this in a little bit. This is (laughs) – I'm feeling that a little bit right now. I'm here for you, Um, man. I feel it too. Yeah, it's – it, it, it's been some time. Uh, what I was saying, though, with talking to her, though, I felt a little weird about that because, you know, I was close to her son. Obviously, she was. And I was like, I would want her. I'd like to communicate, like, you know, what he meant to me and that sort of thing to her, because I think that helps when you lose somebody. You kind of get to learn different angles of them, you know, that you didn't know before. Um, so I, I actually had the chance to like meet her a couple times after that uh, and talk on like Facebook and that sort of thing. And I don't know, I, I, I thought it helped a lot. Like, I, you know, as my buddy in high school's mom, we hadn't really talked much. Uh, but, but I don't know, it kind of gives you a little resolution there. Like you get to this person, you know, has passed and it's sad, you know, you don't get to spend any more time with them or, or you know, learn more things about them in that way. But but there was something really helpful to me about just discussing them as a person from, you know, this this other person's angle. Then I got the impression it helped her, too. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think you are obligated to apologize here. Um, but if you have any kind of level of, of closeness with, with your friend's mom here, I think that could be a good opportunity for that. Yeah. You know, for one, just to kind of explain that. But then also, I think that kind of opens a door you know, to be able to 
you know, discuss your friend with her. I, I think that can be very helpful. Absolutely. And I, I, I can, I can almost guarantee that your friend's mother does not hold this against you. No, definitely not. Yeah. There's, there's no way in hell that you, uh, losing your friend. Cause you know, she obviously feels that pain too. That's her fucking daughter. Um, so I think she understands where you are. And like I said, everyone's grief is different and that's just how you reacted to your grief in that moment. So she doesn't hold it against you. If you feel like, if you feel like you have to apologize, then say something to her. And then that opens the door to, to a further conversation. Like we discussed, maybe you can get some more closure. There you go. Yeah. I I don't think it's a bad option. Uh, I feel bad, you know, changed the mood pretty drastically. (laughs) Reading this comment, I had the same fucking thought when I saw this, this, uh, one of the one of the commenters says, "When you said inappropriate, I thought you got drunk, flashed to the crowd, and hit on her dad." That would have been pretty inappropriate. <laughs> I was not, Jesus. I was thinking something like that too. Like you got fucking just shit house or something before this, and just and just got messy. But nah, man. Again, this is this is expected. That's a fucking hard thing to go through. And uh, yeah, I, I I feel the losing control of your faculties and not even be able to think straight. Like I, I feel that that's all right. So up to you whether you talk to her, but it'll be it'll be fine either way. Mm-hmm. I think I'd encourage you to talk to her though. Yep. If only because it will ultimately help you uh, with your grieving process. Yeah, and and his and her mom too. I think it'd be yeah. good for everybody. Yeah, I think it'd be good for everybody. Fuck. Okay, hold on. We gotta like. We gotta like. Just okay. Okay, comedy show. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Comedy uh, show for yeah. jokes. Let me get some more salami and cheese and crackers. <laughs> and chew on the microphone That'll a little help. bit more. Yeah, That'll switch the mood help. to irritation. <laughs> hey, guess what? Fuck. What's up? My BF twenty three M can't afford to do much because of not having a job. How do I, 24F, quote-unquote, deal? Another compassionate thing would be to do free things with him, but eventually I get bored of doing free things. Has anyone ever been in this situation? How do I, quote-unquote, be a better person and be okay with being bored? Anyone have any tricks? He's not a bad guy, just out of a job at the moment. I'm one of those people that always likes to be doing something. I guess some may consider that a character flaw? I offer to pay for activities, and sometimes he says yes, but sometimes he says no, because he doesn't want to take up all my money, which I also understand. Little, mm, little belch there. I'm a, mm, just edit that out. <laughs> TLDR, I'm bored, and I like to do activities, but my BF cannot afford to. Any advice slash solutions? And that was posted by Lil Dino 8 Oh, oh God, I feel it. Oh, I feel it. Yeah, man. I uh, I had I had one of these situations coming out of college, and it fucking it sucked ass. And I was like, okay, so I'm still trying to find a job and shit. You know, you, you want to do things in this relationship, like you want to take your partner out on dates and, and that sort of thing. But like, you you can't because it's gonna it's gonna fuck you up financially. And uh, I I feel I feel the frustration there. And I feel your frustration because, you know, that's that's no fucking fun. Because also you don't want to make him feel bad when he's already feeling bad about not finding the job. Right. And uh, I guess I should give context there. Sorry. I read one of these comments. It says they're both out of college for a year. She's found a job. He hasn't found one yet. And uh, yeah, so, you, you know, you don't want to make him feel worse. But also, like, it fucking sucks if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you can't do anything. So... You know, I, I reckon look for some free stuff a little bit. See if there's what you can do that's less expensive. Maybe help with budgeting in some way to see what you can do. Um, you know, or if this is a situation where you can afford to make these things happen and you yes. really fucking love this dude, you know, let him know that this isn't a big deal. Like you're not guilting him on these things. He's having a rough time. You know, you'll support him in the sense that, you know, you'll pay for things that you guys can do together. And, uh, you know, maybe when he's on his feet, you know, it'll have to, it'll have to switch around at some point. He, he can right. get you later. That's absolutely and, uh, the case. Yeah. I think as long as you communicate that, all right, it'll, it'll be fine. Just, 
you got to be careful because people get touchy about these things. It is, uh-huh. you know, I, I always just felt embarrassed as fuck when I, you know, several months in and can't find anything. Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh, I was seeing a uh, most recent girlfriend who tore my heart out and threw it in the sewer. Uh, <laughs> I was um, uh, unemployed for a significant portion of, of that uh, that stint of us dating. And I always managed to, like, have a little bit of money. Like, for example, uh, my sister invited me to come deliver flowers for Valentine's Day. And I got a little touch of cash doing that. And, you know, I, I house sat for my sister. She really, now that I'm thinking about it, my sister fucking hooked it up fat for me when I was unemployed. Thank you, Rhonda. You are the shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Like, I didn't have a whole lot of fucking cash, so there were a couple situations where, you know, uh, she would be like, hey, do you want to um, go out to dinner? And I'd be like, I really fucking wish I could. And the way she handled it was she said, I got you, because that's kind of what you do in a relationship. Um, so if we if we take dating as like, it's like scaled down marriage to a certain degree. Um so, like, you know, you smile at somebody on the subway and they smile back at you. No obligation. That's fine. You go on a date and then suddenly there are expectations involved. And then as the relationship develops, the expectations become more intense until the point when they are fucking uh, enforced by law. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, what, like, a, a common marriage vow is for richer or for poorer. And... You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, sometimes it's fucking poorer. And sometimes you take up the slack for the fun shit. When you're dating somebody, you probably shouldn't be paying their fucking rent. But you should probably, you know, if you want to go out to dinner with them and they don't get no fucking Skrilla, you hook it up a little bit. Um, not out of, not necessarily out of obligation, but because it's a thing that you two want to do together. And the one person just doesn't have it available. Um, that said, if it becomes a pattern... Of this person, you know, like, I understand they're looking for a gig, right? You know, you're both out of college, you're trying to get hired, he's trying to get hired in his field. Um, and that can take some time. Uh, so he's not going to be broke forever. And uh, I imagine he's going to return the favor. So uh, hook it up a little bit. And also, like, I don't know why you're down on free things, because some free things are great. For example, the game Dreadnought for PC, it's free and it's very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> League of Legends. Yeah, just get into League of Legends. Yeah. Yeah. Very romantic. Very, very perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I I I think you answered that well. Go to the fucking library! (laughs) I think you answered that well. Just again, I'd have kind of a big talk about this first and try to allay some of his anxieties. You know, make sure he doesn't think this is like some sort of pity thing. It's just that you're fucking committed to this relationship. You're in it together. And, uh, you know, you're you're there for each other, and right now it's you there for him. Maybe it'll be different in the future, but you get the idea. Definitely. Hell yeah. Well, well, all right. We have uh, we have come to the question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who? Well, I always preface it, if you're a new listener or if you have a short memory, uh, this is our anonymous question box where you can send in your questions to the show. We will read them. We will respond to them. And uh, if you want to do that, there's a link in our Instagram bio at Radio Free Tote Bag. Or if you go on our website, radiofreetotebag.podient.co, uh, check on the little bottom bar. It says something along the lines of, ask your question. Click that, type your shit into the into the fucking text box, press enter, bingo, it's done. All right. Good times. Here it comes, but man. But this week... Here it comes. This week, not so much of a question. Um, yeah, this is this is a criticism of us. Yeah. Our, uh, our first one on here. And uh, it's in response to the episode we did a, a little ways back about DDLG, where uh, we shit on it pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, context on that, too which this person might dispute, but DDLG stands for Daddy Dom Little Girl. It's kind of a variant of a BDSM relationship, but like the dominant person uh, is kind of playing like a parental figure, and the submissive person is like, to varying degrees, 
acting like a child or kind of pretending to be a child. If you find that to be an erroneous description, we disagree wholeheartedly. Like, I think, I I think we have a pretty firm (laughs) handle on it. Well, I'll I'll get to that in a second, but that is, I mean, I just Googled it right before this to be sure. That's what it's fucking called. That's what it is for most people. It it definitely has sexual and BDSM connotations. Let me, let me read the question before we we get ahead. Okay. 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 So, I just want to talk about your DDLG episode. It's pretty fucking shitty that you'd immediately just assume it's gross. I'm a little, and I age regress. There's nothing sexual about it, and it's a way of reclaiming my childhood after severe trauma and repressed memories. I don't remember most of my childhood because of it. My husband acts as my caregiver and is with me through my regression. So don't go labeling it as a kink, when it is a way for so many people to help with their mental health. I am a parent, I work full time, and take care of my family first, but being little is my own secret place that I can go to and relax. It has nothing to do with pedophilia because it is only true DDLG when there are two consenting adults, in all caps. Thanks for judging and shitting on the thing that has helped my mental health and made me a calmer, less anxiety-ridden person. Hmm. Boo. Well, um, I think that you know I don't want to I don't want to give like a politician's answer. You know what I mean? I don't want to uh, just completely back away from what we said and say, well, it was misunderstood, not a context, or you know whatever kind of horse shit um, some people will give you. Uh, I think we have a pretty firm grasp on what this is for most people. If it is a different thing for you, then we weren't fucking talking about you. Because <laughs> so we were basically talking about how how gross it is for an ad, like two adults, right? But for one adult human uh, to uh, sort of indulge in and fantasize sexually about somebody who is portraying a child. Yes. Sexually or fantasizing about fucking a child. That is yeah. what it is when it's in a sexual context, which again... I think that's most of it. Yeah. You know, you look it up, it's all BDSM forms. I think this is primarily a sexual thing. Again, you know, it, but as Arthur said, if it's not for you, you know, that, that's cool, but th- then we weren't talking about you when we were talking about this. Right. Um, so, fuck, you know, I, I'm i going to... Here it comes. We got to come up with some kind of stinger for this. This is the uh, Radio Free Tote Bag formal apology for hurting your feelings. We We... I've, I, you know, I can't speak for Donovan. <laughs> I'm totally gonna throw you under the bus here. I can't speak for Donovan, but I apologize for hurting your feelings. Um, I do not apologize for sharing our understanding of something that we perceive to be primarily a, uh, a kink, and providing our perspective on that kink vis-a-vis how fucking creepy and gross it is. Because, like, you know, I don't know. May- nobody hit us up when we shit on, like, giantesses. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where are the giantess people? I want to talk to them. I want to issue my formal I'm sorry I hurt your feelings to them as well. But I think this probably touched a nerve, and definitely in this particular person's case, though, because it does seem like it's a coping mechanism, you know, for them to deal with uh, childhood trauma, whereas... You know, unless as a kid you were kicked around by a sixty-foot woman, I don't think giant <laughs> sure, 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 sure. would, would typically fulfill that, <laughs> that niche. Um, but no, I, I feel the same way. We, we, we definitely don't want to make you feel bad if you're not somebody, you know, enacting that in a sexual way. And shit, man, if you had to go through all this trauma as a kid, and this is what helps you, more fucking power to you, because that you know that's horrible. It's a horrible thing to have to deal yeah. with. It is difficult to deal with, and if you find something that works. You know that that's cool. By all means, again though, with the caveat that it isn't literally fantasizing about fucking children with your partner, because and it doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. And again, that is the specific part we're we're shitting on is the sexual aspect there, right? Because that that's that's it's just I'm not going to go into everything we said in the other episode, but I think most folks can agree. You know, things between consenting adults are fine, but there's something fucked up about enacting a fantasy. That is based around fucking child abuse. That's that's whack as fuck. A sexual fantasy, I will specify. Again, 
you know, what you're doing doesn't strike me as that. And if it helps you, more power to you. Go get them. Yeah. Go get them. But yeah. we are, you know, we are, we are sorry we hurt your feelings if you, if you took that to be an attack on, on yourself and, a, and has what has worked for you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we don't want you to feel that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we get a little cavalier on the show, I find. Um, try to, you know, try to... I, I would encourage our listeners to uh, hear what we're saying, and uh, this is maybe somewhat selfish, but please try to take what we're saying in the best possible light. You know, we don't want to, we really don't want to hurt anybody. Just like try to, try to laugh along with us. Like say, say for example, I say juggalos are all messy, uh, disgusting monster people. Say I say that. <laughs> juggalos are comrades, Arthur. That's my, that actually, you know what? Actually, yes. <laughs> like legitimately, like on a, like being for real with you right now, juggalos are fucking down with the struggle. And I appreciate every one of my, uh, but clown painted comrades out there in the world. <laughs> but clown painted. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. But yeah, I did. All right, my, my caveat too is, yeah, I don't know. Attempt to take us in the best of light. Neither neither of us are fucking experts here. My my whole position, how I describe this show to people, is that you know we're your fucking friends who are reasonably level headed, who are trying to help you out when you're in a shitty spot. You yeah. Know? Neither of us are a fucking psychologist. Neither of us is a fucking doctor, you know, and I think we caveat that pretty well. Yeah. We're just here trying to do, you know, do our best based on our relationship experiences uh, to try to help you out with your questions or things you're going through because we've been through a lot of the same shit. Absolutely. So, I don't know. We're, we're doing our best here. <laughs> people seem to be, people seem to be appreciated. I, again, this is the first criticism we've got from somebody, but, but also fucking by all means, if you hear something, something we say on here and you're like, hey, that's fucked up and not right. Fucking send it to us. We're both pretty self-aware and self-critical, and uh, I mean, we'll answer it seriously like this. We're, yeah. we're 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 open to criticism. We know we're not experts. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, good times. You know, keep on keeping on, anonymous listener, and uh, you know, thank you for listening. We 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 do appreciate that part, and uh, we we hope you'll stick with us. Fuck yeah, we appreciate your business. <laughs> <laughs> well hey uh just uh i just want to say that uh i'm in conflict with my gf i24m am in conflict conflict with my gf holy fuck this wine's hitting uh i24m am in conflict with my gf 20f over my underwear basically i'm a male and i enjoy wearing men's thong underwear I initially bought one as a sexy surprise for my girlfriend when we first moved in together a few months ago. Been dating for almost two years, lived together since March. And she said it was sexy, but she also said something to the effect that I shouldn't wear it because the only guys who wear thongs are gay or strippers. And she thought it was weird. I like wearing them because they make me feel sexy and confident. And I just like how they feel. I pointed out to my GF that she'd think it was wrong if I told her what kind of underwear she could wear. And she agreed. But I get the feeling things aren't resolved. So my question is, is she right to be weirded out? TLDR, I like wearing male thongs. GF thinks it's strange. Want advice on who's the weird one? Posted by RS. Throw away. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eh, interesting. It is interesting. interesting. Yeah. You don't uh, you don't hear about the male thong much outside of like a you know like a stripper context. That is correct. I could I don't know I could I could see the utility. Mm-hmm. Your, your ass is just kind of kind of free. Probably probably holds your junk pretty well. It does. I feel because, that, and I can say that because I own one. It oh is, fuck yeah! It is mere feet for me in the second atop <laughs> drawer in my dresser. Uh. <laughs> It's right well, over speak, there. Speak on it. Speak on the yeah. man thong before we before we get into this. Sure. So uh, I bought it because uh, some friends of mine and I uh, were. I was DJing at a house party, and uh, in the weeks prior to this, we had developed a proclivity for getting uh, nude or nearly nude at parties, and it was fucking great. <laughs> it was fucking excellent. So I went and bought one because I was going to wear, I was just going to wear a banana hammock during my DJ set and it was going to be a hilarious and be 
pretty sexy. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And uh, I did that, and it was great. And by the end of the night, that band thong uh, went into my backpack because I was just hanging out, hanging brain, throwing down some music at this house party. <laughs> And it was it was very fun and very freeing. I remember uh, catching eye contact with another uh, male DJ friend of mine from across the room. Like I was just playing my set, and I looked up, and he was looking over at me, and I looked at him, and he just kind of like shook his head and looked at the floor. <laughs> it was oh, very fun. That's good times. And it stayed with me okay. because uh, for certain sexy situations. If I, for example, when I want to get into uh, something of a BDSM situation with a partner, uh, I feel like that's the uniform. That's what I like to wear when I do, when I'm doing my dom shit. Right on. Yeah. No, I say, I mean, underwear is definitely a thing. I mean, that's, that's almost a kink for some people. I'm totally, I'm pretty into that. I think uh, like partner's underwear, that's, that's definitely important to me. Uh, but it's it's definitely like kind of culturally and like the norm is that's much more of a women thing than a male thing. Right. And like a lot of things that have that cultural framing, you know, I feel like there's definitely an initial weird out. Like, why is this dude wearing a thong? Like, it's not that's not what they're you know that's not what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and on one hand, it's good to examine those things and be like, you know, am I wigged out about this for an actual reason or because I'm kind of conditioned that way? But but on the other hand. You know, in your fucking sex life with your partner, uh, if you're not into something, you want to communicate that to them. You know, because otherwise, every time you have sex, if you really don't like this fucking thong, you're going to be like, oh, God, the fucking thong again. God, he's wearing the Eh, thong again. You're not going to be into it, and and it's going to bug you. Right. Um, So I I, I see where your partner is coming from here. And I don't know. She's expressed she's not into it. You you bought it as a, uh, you know, sexy thing initially. And, uh, well, what is it? It sounds like she was on board at first, but then... Yeah, she said it was sexy. She's like, that is sexy, but uh, don't wear that because uh, gays and strippers wear them. Yeah, that's that's not good. That seems like some conditioning shit. Exactly. That's right in that conditioning wheelhouse I'm talking about. And uh, I don't know. I don't think that's the best thing for for somebody to say. You got to break her out the Matrix. You got to wear that shit every (laughs) day. There you go. Ever ever look at your fucking exposed flossed ass uh, until societal norms <laughs> yeah. fall apart? Yeah. Without without getting into the kind of that side, you know, I, I don't know if she's a fucking homophobe or something. Then get the hell out of here. True. Let, let, let's assume that's not the case. Um, it, just for the sake of practicality, do you really want to die on the thong hill? If she's not into it sexually, <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm picturing just the hill with a giant fucking thong on top of it. <laughs> I was thinking of, like, uh, a pile of thongs so large that it creates something of a hillock. Ah, oh, there we go. Nice, nice. Uh, but for for practical reasons, if she's not into this, and this isn't, like, super important to you in a sexual context, maybe just lose it during the sex. Uh, but, you know, if you're into it, just even for practical reasons, you, you just fucking like wearing it around uh, under your clothes. Then man, fucking go for that. She, I don't think she's got any right to be to be bothering bothering you about that. Uh, but I, I would just kind of don't don't put that in your face all the time. Don't be walking around naked in the house with that on if you know she's not into it. Because I think right. just again practical reasons, I, I think that's just going to mess up your sex life a little bit. So. I pointed little, little out a bit of a balance there. Yeah, pointed out that she'd think it was wrong if I told her what kind of underwear she would wear, she could wear, and she agreed. But you get the feeling that things aren't resolved. Well, then fucking resolve shit. Like, go get some resolution on this, and uh, come to a, come to an understanding. Uh, re banana hammocks. Do that. There you go. Talk talk about it more. I think that talk's going to focus on the sexual context too. I think that's what she's going to come out as, you know, really being bothered by. But yeah, definitely, definitely talk this out a little bit more, and you know, get into her reasons besides just that kind of, um, what's the what's the word, fucking automatic kind of societal societal conditioning reaction of like, that oh, that's like shit. a gay thing. Yeah. It reflexive. That's that's the word I was looking for. Um, I don't know. Just just get into it a little more. But fuck it, dude. You want to walk around with a thong under your jeans? Oh, fuck, go for it. Shit, I don't give a fuck. That's good times. <laughs> I got a pretty good ass. I could probably pull that off, but I don't. I don't like the 
I don't like the feel. Like you ever go commando? I don't like the feeling of my ass skin on the jeans because then your hairs get stuck in there yep, a little bit. Yeah. Here's I'm what you do. That. Here's what you fucking do. This is the professional maneuver. This is from fucking Uncle Arthur to you. Here it come. Oh, hit me. You put that thong on, and then you put on a pair of boxer briefs. <laughs> and then you put on your fucking work clothes and you go to work and you have a little little uh, sexy secret going on all day. <laughs> and, you, and you feel uh, you feel super hot and sexy and it maybe maybe you fucking boost your confidence. You get that fucking promotion you've been gunning for. There you fucking, yeah, there you fucking go. <laughs> all right, take Uncle Arthur's advice. Fucking double up on underwear and you know go fucking kick the shit out of the world. Kick ass with your. Secretly exposed ass. Donovan, next one, please. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, consistently told that I need to either be more confident or tone it down. 22F, currently a student in a very team-based environment with a variety of people. About 20 peer- peers, male and female, about my age, early mid-20s. Four superiors, all male, mid-30s to mid-60s. All known each other about eight months and work in different combinations for short periods of time depending on the project needs, so no specific relationship timeline. Across all of the team settings I have been in, I'm consistently told that I need to be more confident. At first, I received some sound advice about what that means upon my further inquiry, Uh, They suggested that I spoke softly and infrequently, played down my materials by always saying, but I'm not sure if I disagreed with someone, tended to raise my voice at the end of statements to sound like a question, played with my hair or hands, and looked down, generally had clear nervous habits, and was very self-critical in feedback sessions. I worked on those specific things, and now I'm very conscious about how I speak and what I say. I try to avoid apologizing, and I interject my points in the conversations just like others do. When asked to give feedback about my own performance, I try to pick one small negative and one small positive to keep things balanced and just focus on one thing for any given time, which has actually been super helpful for self-improvement, too. I try not to apologize for speaking, even when I really want to, and express that I had a different perspective without playing it down and assuming the other person is right. However... Now that I have started to occasionally dissent, I've been having some people say to me that I come across as bordering cocky. It's the more outspoken people in my groups that normally I would have deferred to, despite it being at my level of expertise, too. They still claim energetically that I need to speak up more and guide conversations more readily, but I feel like whenever I do that, they immediately give feedback that I'm being too much. I can't figure out how to hit the right point on that line. It feels like every session, it's almost random. Furthermore, it's no longer coming from my superiors. Now, my superiors have consistently given me glowing feedback about my role and participation and balance. In fact, I specifically got called out as an example of effectively realizing and conveying how certain I was that I was accurate and not overstating or understating my contribution. However, I am concerned that my peers occasionally view me as being excessively loud or cocky in conversation. After we leave this position, it's a small field and I anticipate many of us will have to collaborate. I want to figure out how to balance things better, but I'm not getting consistent feedback from peers. It either swings one way or another. And my superiors have stopped identifying that this is something for me to work on and in fact commended me on the improvement. Just want some advice on how to balance those relationships and request more concrete feedback and work with inconsistent feedback. Thanks. TLDR used to be told I'm unconfident worked on it. Superiors think I got better, but peers think I'm either not confident enough or too cocky, and I can't figure out how to please everyone. That was posted by Responsible Clock 5. Here's what's happening. Uh, You are encountering what many people describe as the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're you are a woman who uh was told you are you know you're wringing your hands too much you're playing with your hair you're apologizing for talking you gotta knock that shit off you really gotta you know assert yourself more now that you're asserting yourself they're like whoa 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 excuse me 
We wanted you to assert yourself, not assert yourself. Uh, there are so many situations uh, in our society where women are expected to hit an impossible fucking target that nobody can actually enumerate. For example, uh, if you don't ever have sex with anybody, then you're a prude and you should let your hair down. If you have sex with too many people, you're a whore and should be stoned to death in the street. Um, so, like, that's exactly that's exactly where you are. I'm going to say keep doing what you're fucking doing because it sounds like you got a really good handle on yourself and, and you know, your development. And you're, the people that actually matter in this situation, your fucking superiors, are commending you for what you're doing. So all these, like, little pissant dudes who are like, I don't know, maybe you talk too much. Uh, they can suck shit. And uh, I'm going to air horn them into the sun. Check that out. First, like, it's like a friend zone air horn, by the way. This is a friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. essentially. There, there we go. Fucking, fucking nuke them. No, I, th- I, th- I think you nailed it there. I think there's probably another component to this, too. You know, it's a small group. I, I know you guys switch around, but if it's a small group, I, I assume you've, people have kind of established their roles. You know what I mean? In these conversations. Yeah. And so when you change, all of a sudden the boat is shaking. And especially if you're fucking crushing it and getting these commendations from your superiors, a lot of these people are probably fucking insecure. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, shit, like she's making me look bad now. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, and so they're fucking calling you out. I think partially as a result of the patriarchal bullshit we're talking about and partially as a result of their own insecurity. Absolutely. Uh, but my, my, my advice is the same here. Just fucking keep doing what you're doing. You know, the, your superiors are uh, superiors are on board with what you're doing, your fucking managers and all that. So that, that's what matters. And I know you don't want to make things uncomfortable, you know, with your colleagues here, but it, it, it that definitely sounds like some fucking uh, misogynist or insecure bullshit. So I say you fucking double down on this confidence that, by the way, impressive that you're able to pick up. That's a fucking hard thing to do. Yes. Uh, but double down on it. Keep fucking going with this. And when they see that, like, hey, uh, them being little pissants to you and bitching at you for, you know, for, for speaking your mind here. Uh, th- that's not going to change your behavior, then I think I think they'll fuck off eventually. Things will settle back down. I think you'll be all right. Fucking get it, girl. You normal, you normal Ray ass bitch. Fucking just go in and fucking just take what's yours because it's fucking yours. How there about you go? It? You like that? There you go. Shit. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring up too. Maybe you fucking overdid it or something. But the fact that your, you know, your managers there are on your side, I don't, I don't think you need to worry about that. Like I can see you overcorrecting for this a little bunch. Like I right, can see myself right. potentially doing that. Absolutely. Uh, but again, I don't. That doesn't sound like uh, that's what this is. And regardless, it, you're, you're getting the fucking commendations on it. I don't know. Again, keep just keep fucking kicking ass. It'll, yeah. it'll level out. Fucking good on you for being able to take constructive criticism and act upon it in a positive way. That's cool as fuck. You like you are way better at this professional shit than I am. Like f- fucking go get them. You're amazing. Fucking fucking same, dude. Especially coming from feeling pretty like socially anxious and being able to just be like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm actually gonna be really confident. That's fucking impressive. Yeah, it turns out I'm gonna be super confident. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> good Cheers. shit. Good shit. Good shit, responsible clock. And, uh, yeah. I hope your fucking colleagues stop being jerks about this. True. Hey, hey, but, hey, fucking, fucking, you fucking listen here, Donovan. Oh, no. Our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. You can find it at Instagram.com slash the Hayfellows or go on Spotify. Look them up. It's three words. It's the Hey Fellows. Sick. Another one in the bag. Fucking killed it. Uh, we met uh, challenges along the way and we overcame them. And uh, we didn't end on a huge bummer this week, which feels good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we, we're, we're learning from uh, our own feedback here. That's right. And, uh, yeah, not usually best to to put the heavy questions at the end. We want you leaving the show feeling uh, energized and good and we not, want, uh, yeah. not full of existential dread. We want folks to leave out the show feeling truly enlightened, saying the villain been spitting enough lightning to rock shock the boogie down to Brighton. That's what we're looking for. Aight then. Aight then. Aight then. 
I love you guys. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, bye. Hey, it's your uh, it's your buddy Donovan with a uh, with a small request here. When I was at Bonnaroo, I put up Radio Free tote bag stickers and like so many filthy ass urinals. If that actually worked, and anybody listening is listening because they <laughs> saw a sticker in the in the shitter at fucking Bonnaroo, please message us at our question box. Go on our website, RadioFreeToteBag.Podient.Co. Click that submit question button. Uh, or on our Instagram bio, or just contact us in some way because that would make my fucking day. That's called marketing analytics, baby. Woo!